turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Yes, it is. And <clears throat> excuse me. Welcome back. Friday, September 17th, 2021, Constitution Day. A lot on the plate. How did Guy Benson put it? The U.S. drone strike is now that was uh, that was completed. Uh, that was uh, uh, completed in response to the killing of American servicemen in Kabul has now become a massacre of civilians in the United States has confessed to it. The White House booster plan has been firmly rejected by the FDA, even though a month ago Joe Biden was speculating we could have the booster before the end of September. And then the story no one seems to be talking about, but I'll tell you it would be blaring across every crawler Every crawl in the country, on every network. Do you know this? France has recalled its ambassador to the United States over a deal this administration has engaged in with Australia, cutting France out of a deal they had with Australia. France has recalled its ambassador to the United States, restoring America in the minds of those abroad. Yes, indeed. What a Friday. Before we get to all that, which we will, all of this comes to us on Constitution Day, and it comes to us as revealing a sad sad state of, of American's health, a sad state of our civic understanding, of human understanding, and understanding when you think about what 1787 and September 17th means, an understanding our founders well knew, an understanding we cannot blame people for not knowing because for a generation they've been told not to study any of that. And even lately, they told us the animating document and year for 1787, 1776, was as irrelevant to our beginnings as 1787 or for that matter, 7817 or 6771, not worthy of study because white, because racist, because, because, because of the unwonderful things our founders did and our country does. But as Abraham Lincoln once put it, you can repeal the Declaration of Independence. You can repeal all past history. You still cannot repeal human nature. This is what the founders understood, and this is why, in the words of William Blackstone, that the American Constitution is, he said, so far as I can see, the most wonderful work ever struck off at, at a given time by the brain and purpose of man. Or, as James Madison put it, every word of the Constitution decides a question between power and liberty. Every word of the Constitution decides a question between power and liberty. Keep that in mind as you hear public officials and spokesmen saying, never mind, and worse, 
about the word liberty. Its opposite is government power. And Madison understood that that was our tension. You see, as he put it in Federalist 51, the keenest understanding of human nature is why we have our Constitution. He wrote, quote, the interest of the man must be connected with the constitutional rights of the place. It must be a reflection on human nature that such devices should be necessary to control the abuses of government. But what is government itself but the greatest of all reflections on human nature? If men were angels, no government would be necessary. If angels were to govern men, neither external nor internal controls on government would be necessary. So in framing a government which is to be administered by men over men, the great difficulty lies in this. You must first enable the government to control the governed and in the next place oblige it to control itself. We are not by nature angels. Human nature can run roughshod over rights. It can corrupt liberty. It can corrupt power. We must have control on the governed. That's what Madison says. What is that control? Self-control, virtue, which is what and the only thing that allows for self-government. I constantly refer to Irving Kristol's line, to have self-government, you have to have selves worthy of governing. And of course, you have to have limits on government. He wrote it this way, quote, this idea starts from the proposition that democracy is a form of self-government and that if you want it to be a meritorious polity, you have to care about what kind of people govern it. Indeed, it puts the matter more strongly and declares that if you want self-government, you are only entitled to it if that self is so worthy of governing. That's why Michael Novak could years ago identify exactly why it's a bad idea to defund the police because human nature. He said a country that venerates moral virtue has 300 million policemen. A country that denigrates it will never be able to hire enough. So I give you the times misunderstanding of human nature. Turns out not everyone is a good person. Turns out police are necessary. Turns out police are not the enemy. Turns out constitutionalism matters, as does America, and means something. And we've ignored and mistaught it at our peril. So we celebrate Constitution Day today, and how did we do it? As we wrote in the Patriots' Almanac, the men who gathered in 1787 at the Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia had trouble on their hands. Times were bad for the new nation. The Revolutionary War had left debts the states were unwilling or unable to pay. The Articles of Confederation had set up a weak national government. Congress had few real powers. There was no executive branch to enforce the laws, no Supreme Court to interpret them. Quarrels between the states were spreading. It was all quite a mess. George Washington said, something must be done or the fabric must fall, for it is certainly tottering. Writing a whole new constitution wasn't the original aim of the leaders who traveled to Philadelphia to meet the same in the same building where independence had been declared 11 years earlier. They intended to strengthen the Articles of Confederation, but it didn't take them long to realize that starting from scratch made more sense. So the 55 delegates set about coming up with a new scheme for American government. James Wilson of Pennsylvania observed that for the first time in history, a nation's people were, quote, going to weigh deliberately and calmly and to decide leisurely and peacefully upon the form of government by which they will bind themselves and their posterity, close quote. George Washington presided. 
the states were used to going their own ways. Each delegation had a different set of interests to protect. Many feared that a strong national government would end up squelching liberty. So sharp were some disagreements that at times the convention seemed at the point of dissolution. Day after day, though, the hot summer, through the hot summer they argued while George Washington looked on in despair. Until th- holding things together by the force of his character, even as he wondered if the infant union was about to fall apart. But somehow they managed to pull it off. The scheme of government that came out of that long summer of debate may well be the greatest political document in history. To a large degree, it followed a plan set forth by James Madison of Virginia, who has become known as the father of the Constitution. And on September 17, 1787, 38 of the delegates signed the Constitution, some with reservations, some. At the beginning of the Constitutional Convention, Benjamin Franklin, at age 81, the oldest delegate, had noticed that the back of George Washington's chair was decorated with the image of a son. At the convention's end, Franklin said, quote, I have often and often in the course of that session and the vicissitudes of my hopes and fears as to its issue looked at that behind the president without being able to tell whether it was rising or setting. But now at length I have the happiness to know that it is a rising and not a setting sun, close quote. Congress then sent the new plan to the states for ratification. Many Americans did not trust the idea of a several central governing power. Others thought something stronger was needed. There was even talk of putting a king on the American throne to run things, perhaps a son of George III or even George Washington himself. The debate started all over again, this time in state houses, taverns, newspaper pages, Hamilton, Madison, John Jay. They laid out the arguments for the Constitution in what is now known as Federalist Papers, the Federalist Papers. It would be a matter of some affection to ignore one of the gravest of antagonisms of our times as we celebrate the Constitution, and that is the issue of slavery. I want to spend some time on that. I want to spend some time on that when we come back. And we'll have Andy Biggs joining us on some issues of the day first. But it will give you some time if you want, because a lot of you have said to me, how do I teach my kids? What do I teach my kids about slavery in the Constitution? We'll have that for you this hour. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Very low. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. It is a delight to bring back the chairman of the Freedom Caucus representing Arizona's 5th Congressional District, our dear friend, Representative Andy Biggs. Mr. Chairman, we could use uh, the Freedom Caucus now more than ever, it seems like. These are tough times, and as I understand it, you made another one of your infamous trips down to the border this week. Talk to me, sir. Yeah, we're actually in the middle of nowhere. If I lose you, it's uh, because... uh uh, we're down near the border, and the and the service is spotty at best. But I will just tell you, you know, uh, I'm watching a video of you at the border with some tires, and it's almost as if you're you're talking to me. It's great. It's great. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. No. No. But I mean, it, it's it's just amazing. We're we're in Arizona, where um, we lead the nation in known getaways. So over a hundred thousand this year alone has. Uh, entered our country illegally in the Tucson sector, and they've gotten away. And that's uh, 
more than three times more than any other sector in the country, but the overall number is about 300,000 um, around the country. So that's just known gotaways. You have unknown gotaways. Seth, we're talking almost 10,000 people a month right now yeah. entering the country, and you have the disaster in Del Rio, which is a humanitarian disaster. And I'm going to share with you some information I just got about an hour ago. Okay. There was 122 unaccompanied minors um, apprehended, and they're being transported now by plane to uh, a location in California. Well, guess what? 63 of those kids tested positive for COVID, but they didn't put them in isolation or quarantine or anything. They put them with the rest of those 122 and sent them to that city in California. That's the kind of thing that's happening under uh, President Biden. He's treating Americans worse than he's treating illegal entrants or illegal aliens into America. He is forcing upon Americans things I question his constitutional authority to do so that he is not foisting, right. foisting on those who come here breaking the law and uh, who are not citizens of the United States. Is this what you're telling me, Andy Biggs? Absolutely right. And so um, they're going to start moving uh, a significant number of those folks in Del Rio uh, every day to try to bring that number down. But there are there are more and more people following into Del Rio. And why wouldn't they come? Because they know that this administration is going to give them uh, a passage into the country, especially now that Title 42 is has been kicked to the curb, which mm -hmm. is something that was used very effectively, and as also when they're dragging their feet and reinstituting the Remain in Mexico policy. So we provide the incentives, and yet we don't uh, we don't enforce the law. Andy, if this your interview comes to me on a, a pregnant day, as a, as it's Constitution Day, we commemorate uh, we commemorate what yeah. those great men did in uh, Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia, in 1787. Uh, you tweeted, "Now more than ever, we need to remember who we are as a country." Two questions: Do we still have a Constitution, and do we know who we are as a country? Well, unequivocally, we still have a Constitution. Um, it's there, it's to be used, but we, we don't have to rehabilitate it. We don't have to do anything but to follow that Constitution. We've gotten so very, very far away from following that Constitution. We're upside down. We've lost the very notion of federalism, uh, such that, uh, you know, the states are supposed to be sovereign entities. And instead of that, we've got the federal government trying to mandate everything, including including, you know, the, the recent vaccine mandate where they're going to intercede between an employer and an employee, those types of things are not constitutional. They And, and so your second question is, do we remember who we are? Who are we? Yeah, do we know who people? we are? This this is such a critical, yeah. critical question. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, you chair something called the Freedom Caucus. I have seen Republicans of late, as well as a lot more Democrats, but... Surprisingly enough, Republicans saying blank freedom, blank and blank right. is a word that you and I can't say on air. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a problem. But it, some of this stuff is generational. Some of it is demographic. 
but all of it where we are falling down is we have forgotten our history. And, and because we have forgotten our history, history, all of these things are out of context. The critical race theory, this movement of Marxism, that, that is basically inculcating our, our schools so they can indoctrinate our students. That's part of the huge problem that we have uh, because they take things out of context. And you have to understand history. You have to remember history in order to gain the context to appreciate where we are. And I'll just say just two quick things. Number one, um, Alexander Solzhenitsyn said in the early 80s um, at, a, at an award ceremony where he's receiving an award, he said the, the most striking feature of the 20th century is that we have forgotten God. And um, that is a huge error on the part of the American people is to have forgotten God and not made God the, the, uh, the center of our, of our political uh, life as well. I mean, and that's what the founders were, and that's what they were inspired by God. The second thing I, I think is, is that's, that's a real problem as well, is this notion of very, very selfish. Uh, we're, we're, we're too selfish, and, and, and we, we don't become unified. You cannot become unified. Uh, anymore if you're that selfish. And that's that the founders really understood that. They understood human nature brilliantly. Uh, the, the Constitution was designed for that. And until we start restoring the separation of powers horizontally and vertically, Seth, and bring God back into it, um, I don't know if our land can be healed. Andy, um, and yet and, and, and yet we, we have to we have to remain optimistic because you know, we do have people who are saying and seeing and wanting to do a lot about these things, people like yourself, people like your caucus, fellow conservatives, fellow patriots, regardless of political party that still exists. Uh, we can't do to you. We can't do to you what we did to our allies and the Americans left on the ground in Afghanistan. We can't leave you on the field alone. We can't be anything but optimistic right. to roll up our sleeves and work with you, brother. That's right. And, and you know what, Seth? I, I mean, there are moments where I get frustrated, but we should always take our frustration and turn it into positive energy and positive action. Fight harder and work and work together. Yeah, you betcha. Yeah. Well, you don't uh, you you don't know because the words don't exist uh, 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 for me to communicate how much I and this audience uh, respects you and equally how much we need you. So, thank you, Andy, for doing what you're doing. Thank you for taking a little time to join us on air as well. You bet. Thank you, Seth. Absolutely. Talk again soon. Godspeed. Sorry. I'm Seth Liebson, 602 We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. In the next segment, I'll give you my uh, take on the Constitution and slavery and if you uh, have uh, young ones around who uh, you want to have uh, give a little help to in explaining uh, this issue, uh, have, them, have them join, have them listen in. But first, Rick is in Phoenix. Hello, Rick. Well, there, Brother Seth. How are you today? I got to tell the audience a story about you because. Um, uh oh. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I think it's all right. We, we got you the quote you wanted, right? Oh, yes, sir. So, yes, so Rick, heard, Rick heard a quote I, I gave on the air, I don't know, two, three weeks ago. 
and uh, we went back and forth on email trying to locate it, and we finally <laughs> figured it out. And I'll tell you, Rick, I, I, you, you, you lit a fire because – if I can't find a quote, I go crazy, and that's yeah. why I was so art, uh, what resolute in getting it to you. Yeah. But 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 it's it comes with a decent pedigree. I, my last court. Do you remember the writer Christopher Hitchens? Oh yes. My last correspondence with him. I have it all blessedly saved on email. My last correspondence with him before he passed was trying to locate a quote for a book I was writing or a speech I was drafting, and it was a quote from Montesquieu, and I said. I wrote him. I'm looking at it now. Christopher, the quote, please, I must have it. I read it from you once about Montesquieu and what <laughs> happens when a small battle leads to the end of a regime. I cannot sleep unless I get it. And he wrote back, I know the feeling. <laughs> and then he sent the site. Yeah, that's us. Anyway, long wind up. Uh, we got you the quote. That was great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. 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 There's, good, th- there's three of us who can't sleep over silly things like that. Good sense of humor. Yeah. yeah no kidding. Montesquieu, no kid. human it, biology. Just yeah. Those, you know. Does uh, it, it, yeah it does drive me. My crazy heroes sometimes. have always been dorks, Rich Rick. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I'm going to make this quick, Seth, because as much as I love to uh, talk with you, visit with you. I want to hear your uh, take on the Constitution oh, yeah. and all that good stuff. And your monologue and your conversation with uh, Andy Biggs uh, dovetails with a quote that I recently discovered from George Washington. Oh, please give it. Uh, this was or is in a letter to the residents of Boston in 1789. Okay. He said, your love of liberty, your respect for the laws, your habits of industry, and your practice of the moral and religious obligations are the strongest claims to national and individual happiness. Yeah. You know, you think about that, and you think about—thank you for that quote. Yeah. Uh, You think about that— that line, it makes you think, of course, of what John Adams said uh-huh. about our Constitution being inadequate for anything but a religious people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking just a little bit about what uh, Andy Biggs was saying uh, with you know the need to reclaim our religious uh, understanding or at least our theological and uh, and uh, and and godly understandings exactly. that that pertain to this country, and it sent me back to a quote my friend Glenn Elmers has in the Wall Street Journal, written by um, our friend Harry Jaffa, our teacher Harry Jaffa, which yes. is that he wrote, and this was some time ago. Today we are faced with an unprecedented threat to the survival of biblical religion, of autonomous human reason, and to the form and substance of political freedom. It is important to understand why the threat to one of these is also a threat to all of them. It is above uh-huh. all important to understand why this threat is above all an internal one, mining and sapping our ancient faith both in God and in ourselves. The decline of the West is the paramount reality facing us today. Perhaps our most immediate danger comes from the historical pessimism of those who counsel us that this is inevitable and that nothing can be done. But this danger is itself a danger only if we believe it. It is precisely by taking thought that this superstition can be dispelled and with it the unreasoning fears that it breeds. 
But his point, I think, is really well taken. We have a threat to biblical religion, autonomous human reason, and the form and substance of political freedom. And a threat to one is a threat to all. You want to pick up on that on the other side of this break? I would love to. I'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Rick in Phoenix, uh, we were talking about the faith that is required to maintain an edifice such as an edifice such as the men of 1776 and 1787 gave us. Uh, we have a new text, Rick, for our um, for our discussion today, and it comes from Harry Jaffa who said, Today we are faced with an unprecedented threat to the survival of biblical religion, of autonomous human reason, and to the form and substance of political freedom. It is important to understand why the threat to one of these is also a threat to all of them. Yes. This was the magic of our founding, uniting uniting the best traditions and the best uh, uh, philosophies of the West along with, which is to say, you know, Greece, Athens, Greece, and the best from uh, 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 Revelation, you know, uh, from religion, Jerusalem, right. biblical, biblical, biblical precept, um, it, and it and is, in that respecting human reason, given us political freedom. Yes, yes, ac- ab- that is right on the mark, uh, Seth, and and it is the tie that binds us together, right? Such that, in fact. Please send me that uh, quote Certainly. by uh, Harry Jaffa. That is excellent. But won't take also... me three days. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me how long it takes. Right. You know, I kind of feel sometimes like the uh, character on the Twilight Zone. There's never enough time. When I'm talking to you, I just like to go on talking and talking and talking. But I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to hog it for all the rest of the good folks that are your listeners. Oh, you're fine. But it puts me in. It puts me in mind of a quote that I also came across recently from Ken Blackwell. He said, Truth has long since been replaced by, quote, narratives Mm -hmm. on the American left. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rather than discuss genuine issues and objective facts, progressives prefer to make up a politically effective story. It doesn't matter whether the story is false, as long as it sways the public emotions and wins the days. The ends justifies the means. Can you when think you of have, a better example than the headline, Larry Elder is the new black face of white supremacy? That just makes my head explode every time I hear it. It's a perfect example incredible? of what you just said, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it is so incredible. So, hey, like I say, I'd love to speak to you the rest of the time, but I I want to get to your constitution, and I want others to have a chance to uh, chime in, too. Okay. It's, it's you, always a joy and a pleasure to talk to you, Seth. Well, thank you, Rick. And God why don't, bless well, you, brother. God bless you, sir, as well. And why don't we extend the invitation to anyone in the listening audience? It should be an Open Lines Friday anyway, right, Bill? 602-508-0960. Asking, what does the Constitution mean to you? I'd be equally interested to know if you have children in elementary uh, or high school, se- elementary or secondary school, uh, grade school or high school, if anything was mentioned about Constitution Day today, if anything was taught about it, I, w- I would certainly love to know. I have to tell you, um, while 
my initial desire is to see that it would be, is to hope that it would be, uh, I fear about how it is undertaken. When I look at the lesson plans and the curricula having to do with our founding and our Constitution, that the teachers' unions have linked up with the various educational programming and social media sites and the various uh, pressure or public interest groups, all of whom are on the left, I worry. I worry. So I sit and debate them in my head. The philosophical conundrum, is it better to teach the Constitution or is it better not to? It raises a question. Is it better to teach something badly or not? at all, something uh, Plato wrestled with himself. The answer to me is better to teach it not at all. It is so much easier, so much easier to train up, raise, and teach a student than to unteach them rot and extricate the rot that has settled in or been instantiated in them over the course of 18 years. There's a quote that is often uh, misattributed that flies around from uh, – sometimes it's given to Nelson Mandela. Sometimes it's uh, given to others that it is uh, much easier, much easier to train the unlearned than to train the mistrained learned. And so while I wish Constitution Day were taught in – our nation's schools. I wish, too, that it were taught from the perspective that we used to hold and cling dearly to, that it was an important, great, and glorious thing. I'm going to get into that. Uh, Let me delay the lesson to the top of the next hour if I can, just if you're taking notes. I'll delay that lesson to to the top of the next hour, just given the time uh, that I have in uh, in in these segments. But let me make this point as an uh, as an addenda to the call I had with Rick and the quote from Harry Jaffa. Uh, the quote again, we are faced with an unprecedented threat to the survival of biblical religion, of autonomous human reason, and to the form and substance of political freedom. It is important to understand why the threat to one of these is also the threat to all. The reason we created here a Republican form of democracy that protects minority rights is and that prevents theoretically prevents tyrannies of the majority. The reason that we did that is we understood the import of human reason, of right thinking, and that sometimes Indeed, you can have a confederacy of dunces or a majority of wrong, which is why Lincoln said, and as Harry Jaffa closed his essay on this point, as we celebrate September 17th and Constitution, let us renew our ancient faith, the faith of Abraham Lincoln, who united those three things, biblical religion, human reason, and the form and substance of political freedom into what he called our political religion, our political religion, concluding that we must continue the notion that right makes might. And in that faith, let us to the end dare to do our duty as we understand it. This notion of right 
making might. This is how you create majorities in a Republican form of government. This is how you create and uh, enact laws in any kind of democracy on the notion that right makes might, not that might makes right. Might making right is the um, is the uh, thinking of Thrasymachus and every dictator that has ever existed. The notion that right will make might, that is to say, from good reasoning, from right reason, we will get majorities. You know where that can only exist, folks? You know where that can only happen? It can only happen where free speech and free thought is allowed to reign. You cannot make the case for might, much less based on right, if you can't make the case. And thus I give you the modern Democratic Party, which is not about discussing right, but is taking might. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. I don't remember if I looked this up or not. There's a few songs with made-up lyrics. Is that one of them? I think it. I think we determined it was. You get that in All Night Long with Lionel Richie's chorus, right? Uh, ah, Maytaw from Jet. Pompatus of Love from the song my producer Bill hates the most in all songwriting. By the way, did you see Rolling Stone came out with their new top 500 rock and roll songs of all time? They haven't done it in 17 years, Bill. You'd be interested to see what changed. I'll tell you why I'm, huh? There had to be a change. Uh, I also have to tell you that I'm canceling my subscription to Rolling Stone because Southern Cross is not on the first list or the second. What do they know about music? Jeff is in Phoenix. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Seth. How's it going? I'm good, sir. I'm well, sir. How are you? Great, 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 great. Hey, um, just wanted to comment on what the Constitution means to me. Thank you. Especially uh, with the headlines today. Um, the Constitution to me means basically freedom in a sense, but it also means that I hire, I hire, I, I vote or in a sense hire people to represent us or me or my beliefs in my governments, whether it be city, town, state, and federal. And today, and then for the past whatever month and a half now, we have a commander-in-chief who's not being held responsible, who let 13 service people, men and women, die because he wanted a press release, and who knows how many other Americans and other people have died because of that. And then it comes out the news today that his big thing that he announced, that he killed a terrorist with his drone strike, he kills children. We need to... Go ahead. I, I've called all my senators. I've called all my congressmen. I've left messages. People, these, these are despicable actions. We have been numb... We have been numb to what's going on, and if if this were to happen 15 years ago, this I don't even know if it could have happened 15 years ago. Please, people, call your congressmen, call your senators, demand answers. Kirsten Cinema says she comes from a military background. She helps. She hopes. She supports the military. Where are these people? They are are hired representatives your tax dollars pay for everything they're doing with their steak dinners and their five hundred dollar yeah, nights on the town yeah yeah, yeah. no I, I listen i think if they don't hear, i think you're right jeff if they don't hear for you 
if I'm sorry, if they don't hear from you, if they don't hear from you, there's no reason for them to think that anything is wrong. You know, just because CNN and MSNBC want to block certain stories doesn't mean we conservatives should. And when we're asked, well, what do we do to get the message out? Let your congressman know you're following the news and plan to hold them accountable. It's in the first section of the Constitution. You're absolutely right, Jeff. You're absolutely right. The first article. I'm Seth Liebson. 602 Open lines Friday. What does the Constitution mean to you? And I'll give you a little lesson on it and slavery when we come right back.